step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. To it. Dear Clay and Buck from Will, I was disappointed to hear you both overlook Joe Pesci's best role. Uh-oh, the range is hot. <laughs> While he may be noteworthy, oh, just noteworthy, Will, in Casino and My Cousin Vinny, there is nothing that can compare with his role as Leo Getz in the Lethal Weapon franchise, bar none. Looking forward to Clay's book this weekend. Going to start it, keep up the great work, and shields high. Um, well, he's got a great book to read. Perhaps he I also he will have a great, a great movie to download after he reads Clay's book, which would be Give a Second Shot to My Cousin Vinny, because I just don't think you can compare Pesci in Lethal Weapon to his 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 dynamic role in My Cousin Vinny. I, just, I, I mean, just, I, I got Will, I throw a flag here. I said Casino. Now, Lethal Weapon, is it the best cop buddy movie ever made? I, I, have, some, I have some theories. I don't know. I think Bad Boys might be a better cop buddy movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Like, no, I just did it. No, I just did no. it. I know. I know everyone's booing, but it's true. You think Martin Lawrence and Will Smith as a cop combo are better than Riggs and Murtaugh, than Danny Glover and Mel Gibson? It's different eras. Lethal Weapon is more iconic, and I understand that. But if you're talking about which movie holds up more the first lethal weapon movie or the first bad boys movie i i know it's a, i look this is a this is a hot take that not a lot of people would co-sign but i'm just throwing it out there. i'm not sure that anybody listening agrees with that opinion this might be the first time you've ever had an opinion that you're wrong a million to a million to one like or two million however many people are listening at this exact moment every single one of them is outraged at what you just said Clay, as Einstein said, it doesn't matter how many think I'm wrong. It only takes one to prove me wrong. I think I've already done it. I just, by <laughs> merely saying Riggs and Murtaugh, I think your argument is dead on arrival. Do you remember? Can you name the two cops in Bad uh, Bad Boys? 
Uh, like their names? Yeah, Riggs that's and Murtaugh. Unfa- that's, that's an unfair. Like, that's an unfair. I mean, that's it's an idea of Mike how Lowry. iconic they are. It's Mike Lowry that's and right. one of them. Uh, uh, the other guy. I don't it know. is impressive that you remembered one. Thank you. It's been a long time since I've seen either of them. I would even argue 48 hours. Probably. Oh, I wasn't also, even thinking about that. That's probably a better, better movie. And if both. you want to expand it into a trio. I would argue that Beverly Hills Cop, with that trio, you know, got uh, what's it, Billy well, and and uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Maybe it's Rosewood Foley. and uh, it's it Rosewood Foley and the other guy. Billy. Uh, Billy is his first name. Billy Hoyle. No, that's uh, white man no, can't it's jump. Ro- Rosewood. Isn't that his last name in the movie? Yeah, it's Rosewood. And then Murtaugh. Is it Murtaugh? No, that's Lethal Weapon. No crap! I'm forgetting. But who's who's the who's the curmudgeonly the one that I feel like I identify the most with from uh, the first Beverly Hills Cop movie? You yeah, know, they the go mustache? to the strip club and he said he's Richard Nixon. Sergeant Taggart. Thank you, Taggart. Okay, Beverly Hills Cop may be the best cop movie of all time, and is I think one of the top ten comedies of all time. So that's a whole that's a whole different. I don't think of that though as a buddy cop movie. Although you could make that argument. To be fair. Um, Lethal Weapon, yeah, the franchise is is iconic, and it kind of started that whole era of buddy cop movies. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it, since I'm already upsetting a lot of people. Big fan of Turner and Hooch. I think an overlooked, overlooked Tom Hanks movie. I, I mean, Tango and Cash is better than Bad Boys. Uh, you remember Tango and Cash? Tango and Cash, a little overrated. Just going to throw it out there. It doesn't really hold up. I'm just telling you, it doesn't really you hold up. You just made a dog in a detective movie argument, and you're taking shots now at Tango and Cash? I just said I like Turner and Hooch. There's also the Jim Belushi version of K-9, which I saw. But I think the French Mastiff, as opposed to the German Shepherd, added a little je ne sais quoi on screen. Starsky and Hutch? I never saw it, so I can't speak to it. That's from our team. I'm sure we're getting deluged right now, but I, I don't think there's a single person listening that agrees with you about uh, bad boys. Well, over I, I think 11. that Mel Gibson's body of work is uh, is is phenomenal uh, in terms of the movies, terms of the movies. Um, I think Braveheart is an excellent movie. Uh, I'm trying. Oh, is Point Break a buddy cop movie? Because that well, again, gets- it depends on how many cops you're talking about. I would say that Point Break is a heist movie, which is different than a buddy cop movie, right? A heist movie is where, uh, for everybody out there, there's a robbery planned or there's a robbery attempting to be foiled, and it's different than a criminal versus a cop movie, which would be like Heat, you know, the iconic criminal versus cop it's, uh, it's setup. Obviously, it's a like a dark almost film noir kind of uh, vibe um, training day though if you think of that as a buddy cop movie is it, as a movie probably the best of all training of the day movies. is better than training day is better than we agree on that better than all of the uh, if you count it but, as a buddy cop movie but again it's not really a buddy I mean it's, they're not you know, buddies it I don't want to yeah, get buddies. in the event that somebody's like you know what I'm gonna do I'm finally gonna watch training day on Saturday I don't want to spoil it even though you've had 20 years to watch it, but not really a buddy cop movie. Um, you think also, at the beginning it might be. There was the last Boy Scout, which is so bad that I can't even remember it. Um, there, there was a whole, 
In the mid-late 80s, they were churning these things out so fast that even an action movie junkie like myself couldn't keep up with all of them. I've got another one for you that I forgot about. It's pretty good. Chris Tucker and uh, and uh, who's the Asian martial arts guy? Oh, Rush Hour, of course. Yeah, Jackie Rush Chan. Rush Hour's pretty good. That's a Rush buddy pretty cop good. movie, I right? I just want to point out with Clay, with his definitive blah, 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 bucks 100 million percent wrong, our team looked it up. MovieWeb.com agrees with me. That Didn't bad you yesterday boys, just say that we can't cite these random websites, but like when we were talking about the seven deadly or whatever natural wonders, you're like, I don't trust that. Now movieweb.com is suddenly like a, an august authority. I'm just going to change the rules of the game as I need to before we get to break here. <laughs> Sunday Sizzle with Clay and Buck. And I had to, I'm not going to lie. I was choking on a choking on a bit of a sandwich there. So we it's a are, good start uh, for both of us because I'm talking to our guests in Cleveland and you're choking and uh, we, we, at least you didn't. What would happen if you just passed out like I what, like in the middle of the show because you're choking on something? I was uh, I, actually I was on Fox News a long time ago with Megyn Kelly, and and she had a like a something in her in her throat. I couldn't continue that. We had to we had to break in the middle of the segment because she couldn't speak during the segment. And I didn't know what to do because I didn't. She obviously wasn't choking, but like she just couldn't talk. Something was in her throat, and I looked at her, and they kind of were giving me the keep talking. And then I was like, I look like a sociopath. They want me to keep talking while she's unable to. So we went into break, but for about a fifteen to twenty second period there, I'm like, and yes, I'm going to continue this segment while you are unable to. You know the whole thing, but you know <laughs> live live TV, that stuff can happen. All right, so we have this story. If you are. In, in any single moment, okay, and this happened in Texas. This sounds like a Florida man story, but it happened to a Texas woman. Oh, wow. They actually they actually just found that clip right away uh, of me with Megyn Kelly. So it's actually, oh, guys, wow. Well done. I don't, I don't know if they're going to put it up at clayandbuck.com, but that's a real thing if you want that throwback where I was like, uh, are you okay? Um, you guys are fast on this team. So anyway, back to te- Texas woman. If you were attacked by a snake... You are having a bad day. I think that is fair. If you are attacked by a hawk, you are having a really bad day because what are the chances that a raptor decides that it's going to go after you and dig its talons into you? But Clay, how is it possible for one person to be attacked by a snake and a hawk at the same time? Do we have audio of this lady? I don't think what is cut 18. What is cut 18 crew? Is this the lady being interviewed? Because I think she got interviewed about this. No, it, it might be a news bite on it, but there's she, she. It's not her being interviewed. Her name is Peggy Jones. She was riding a tractor in Texas on the 25th of July on her property in Silsby, Texas. And around eight o'clock at night, a snake fell from the sky. Okay, it wasn't even like the snake bit her foot or wrapped around her leg. A snake fell out of the sky, wrapped her forearm, bit her. And so so a snake attacks her that falls out of the sky. Snakes cannot fly. A hawk then came down. And while the snake was coiled around her arm, proceeded to scratch at her with its talons. 
to make sure that she would relinquish the snake that had bitten her because what happened here was the hawk was about to eat the snake. It dropped its dinner. The dinner dropped on her. The snake dinner then bit her, and then the hawk attacked her to get its dinner back. How is that even possible? This is the worst luck imaginable. The only way this could have been worse is if she had been like driving in a convertible and she had driven off the road and killed herself because a snake happened to land right on her. And then the hawk comes down, thinks that she's basically stolen the meal and is attacking her to try to get the snake back. I have an important question for you. Producer Mike reminds me about the otter attack last week. What is a more wth conversation when you go to the er i was tubing and attacked by a random rogue otter or i was attacked by a snake dropped out of the sky and then attacked by a hawk at the same time well the second one because it requires two animals to violently simultaneously attack you who have nothing otherwise in common the idea of a snake falling from the sky and landing on you feels really unfair first of all the hawk then following up she said in the interview that when she went to the hospital because she had to get treatment from the double animal attack they asked her if she was on drugs because they it was such an outlandish and ludicrous story they didn't believe it the beaver or otter or whatever it was i could see how one crazy animal particularly if it were rabid could lose its mind and end up going after people. But for two animals that t- that typically would not be even in the same place, to both attack you simultaneously is brutal. I, I wouldn't down-talk the otter, Clay. That otter attacked three people simultaneously and sent one to the hospital. Those little otters yeah. are tough. Who knew? I and thought what they you just would were say using... is, hey, just get back out there. Go mess around with that otter. It's no big deal. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. The odds are low. In an otter story, a woman was attacked by a snake and a hawk. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. I did. I just hope. <laughs> We're going to end the show on that, huh? <laughs> I just hope the people of Rockaway Beach are safe and that your poor advice doesn't get another person attacked. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Some places take you away, some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. 
I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now, or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday Drop with Clay and Buck. Joined now by my friend, Charlie Arnault, who is going to be on the OutKick Sunday at 10 p.m., television show we're gonna have a lot of fun discussing with her uh but charlie let's start here what did you think of the trump mugshot and can you believe this is the real world that we live in uh the answer to your question uh the first part i thought it was a great mugshot i thought he had like great intensity in his eyes i think that uh it's gonna make for some fantastic merch uh, I plan to be dripping in head to toe with Trump uh, mugshot merch. I knew all along that this was going to be like a huge moneymaker for him. And it's actually great because the more money he can make from all this merchandise from his mugshot uh, will be good to cover a lot of his legal fees, which we know he's going to have to uh, pay up um, a lot of money along the way. So there's that. Uh, but the fact that he actually had a mugshot it is just ridiculous. I mean, everyone knows who Trump is. They know what he looks like. He's not going anywhere. Um, this was just a way for, um, you know, it's an attempt to embarrass him. It's an assassination on his character. Uh, but I think we all realize that by making this move, uh, the Democrats have only done him a favor. And I think his polling numbers are going to continue to surge even more and his popularity is going to go through the roof. And I think uh, it's it's interesting. I saw a meme earlier and it's, you know, it was like two guys in the same uh, like Superman type suit trying to fight each other. And one was, you know, Democrats, the other was conservatives. They're both wearing the same thing. So it's like, everyone's going to be donning the Trump mug shop, but for their own reasons that they'll be different. But at the end of the day, Trump's face is going to be absolutely everywhere. So I don't know. I actually, I actually think that um, it's going to end up helping him. Okay. Uh, the debate was on Wednesday night. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I talked about Nikki Haley's answer on abortion you yeah. are a young woman. You talk, I bet, tons uh, as, a, as a New Yorker to other young women. What percentage of young female voters do you think focus on abortion almost to the exclusion of anything else? And what did you think of Nikki Haley's answer in the debate? Yeah, I think Nikki Haley's answer was phenomenal. Um, I think she really got to the root of what it means to focus on a candidate and their stance on abortion. Because in my experience, a lot of the women that I talk to, especially I live, I live in New York city. So, you know, very liberal city, uh, people are so focused on the abortion issue. And it's interesting because one of the first things I ask them, I'm like, Oh, have you gotten an abortion? Are you planning to get an abortion? No, no. Okay. Well, Why is this the main issue that you care about? And I think for a lot of people, it's more of a principled thing. I think that they think that they should care about it. Uh, So this is where they've put all of their focus. And I think people don't realize that just because you're voting for a Republican doesn't mean that they are anti-abortion in a lot of cases. I mean, there are the examples of rape, incest, um, 
detrimental health to the mother or the child, um, that an abortion is still seen as acceptable, even though they are pro-life. Uh, and I think a lot of these Democrats that people don't realize when they're voting for, it's not just allowing abortion in the first trimester or because of these extreme circumstances, they're sometimes allowing these abortions to be carried out at full term. And I think that a lot of people would totally disagree with, but they don't realize it because in their minds, they think, oh, Republican, anti-abortion, Democrat, pro-abortion. And just because they're a woman, they think that they should have that right to choose what they do with their bodies. And I just think people misunderstand the issue. And I think if people took a few minutes to really dig a little deeper and see where the stances on abortion differed, uh, they would probably vote very differently. You mentioned that you live in New York City. You are starting to see many different places out there, including Rutgers, uh, other colleges, that are making the decision to bring back masks. What do you think in 2023 when you see a man wearing a mask? Oh, <laughs> you know what I think. Uh, I actually, it was funny. I was just in Whole Foods the other day. I was going up the escalator and there was a guy coming down the escalator and he was clearly checking me out, but he was wearing a mask and I felt, I just felt disgusted. I'm like, ew, you are the anti-man, uh, especially the type of man that I would ever want to be seen with. Uh, so no, I am, I am repulsed. I am very turned off by men. And honestly, I mean, not that I'm into women, but if a woman in a mask, not somebody that I would personally ever choose to be friends with, because I'm not walking down the street with you if you're wearing a mask. I mean, even it's, it's insane outside right now. Just people on bikes are wearing masks. I love, by the way, this idea. So you're in Whole Foods and you're on an escalator and a guy checks you out and you were just thoroughly disgusted, not because a guy was checking you out, but because the guy checking you out was wearing a mask. You were like, this is just a non-starter. Yeah, yeah. This this is, listen, check me out all you want, but your chance of ever being with me are at a zero percent because you're wearing that stupid mask. And I just... I, I can't get behind it, and it, it drives me insane. I mean, even when we were in the height of COVID, I there's just like this, you know, it's like a little mini fury that bubbles up inside of you when you see people with masks on, and you just want to be like, what are you doing? And especially, I mean, especially, like I just said, the people outside. Hey, <laughs> Zora, my dog, she doesn't like masks. She gets upset when I talk about masks. Uh, What's it, your it, dog's it's, name, it's, by the way? It's It's Zora. Oh, that's a great name. Uh, so, uh, so also you did a video recently that I loved for Outkick. And by the way, we're talking to Charlie Arnold and her, uh, her dog Zora is in the background listening to us right now. Um, when you did a hit saying, I love toxic masculinity, which uh, the, the idea of toxic masculinity in general is patently absurd because I haven't heard anybody talk about toxic femininity. Right. But, uh, explain what you think as a woman when you hear this idea of toxic masculinity? So I feel like toxic masculinity is actually the opposite um, because the things that are deemed toxic now in terms of men are actually the things that make men men and the things that I think should be celebrated. Like I, I think that 
the idea of traditional gender roles still really resonates with me. Like I understand that I'm capable of doing so much more. And do I think that I should be forced to stay home and, you know, work in the kitchen and do all the laundry and clean up the house exclusively? No, but I do believe that, you know, a man should be able to be a man. And I, and I, and I embrace those um, aspects of a man. Like I, I like when, you know, for example, I love when a man goes to the gym um, I like when he's strong. I like when he's sweaty. Um, I like when he feels uh, compelled to speak his mind, even if, you know, it's something that I don't want to hear. Uh, I like, uh, you know, when I, you know, on the, on the same token, I like when a guy does all the things that, you know, are chivalrous. Like I want a guy to open the door for me. I don't want him to, you know, let me do certain things, even though some women are like, oh, I can do it myself you know, lifting my suitcase up on the plane, I'm all for a man being like, I'm doing this. I'm the man. Um, I, I, there's just so many things that I think women, you know, and also, you know, the idea of just like taking control. I like that. I don't, I don't need to be in control. I'm a very, I'm very much an alpha female, but I like when a guy is able to take the reins, take the lead. I don't see that as putting me down or, just being dismissive in, in any way. So um, I'm all for toxic masculinity. Uh, I, I want men to continue being men so that women, at least women like me, can continue being women. It's interesting, by the way, none of this stuff is particularly crazy. Um, there is a difference biologically between men and women, and uh, that existed for basically all of humanity until like five years ago. Um, and one of the things that you and I are fired up about, and we've talked about it a bunch on this program, is the idea that a man could decide to identify as a woman and mm-hmm. win a women's championship. And we're going to talk with Riley Gaines on the Outkick uh, special that's going to be on Fox News on Sunday. But a big part of that, I think, for making the decision to move Sage Steele um, at ESPN, who you know, you used to work at ESPN as well. Mm-hmm. What does it say about where we are as a society that an actual sports company, many people don't feel comfortable saying, hey, men who identify as women shouldn't be women's champions? How do we get here? Well, I think we got here because people are afraid to say anything. It's not that they do not feel that that's how things are and how things should be. I just think that people are afraid of being labeled transphobic or hateful or bigoted because that's what happens. I mean, even when I started speaking up about it, as much as many people would come to me quietly and say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for saying this. Um, you know, there was all the other people that, that publicly would say, oh my, I cannot believe you'd say this. I thought that you were an ally. You know, I thought that you supported LGBTQ rights. And in my response to them is, you know, listen, the term ally, I think is lame. I'm not going to like, you know, I don't want to like, I guess, exacerbate these liberal terms, but I have no problem with people in the LGBTQ community. I think everybody should have the same rights as everybody else does, same opportunities, but that doesn't mean that you can unfringe on a woman's space in order to exercise what you now consider to be your right. Uh, so I don't know. I just, people just, it, it's, it's the same you know, same old playbook page from, from that the left always uses. They they try to come at you immediately with, oh, you're hateful, you're transphobic. And then you suddenly get scared to speak up. And then that forces you to not, you know, really like take a hard stance, which is uh, what you're doing, what I'm doing, what Riley's doing. Um, but I think, I think most people would agree that this is just a common sense issue. This isn't a political issue. It's very much common sense. 
Um, and I'm hopeful that sooner or later it'll get to the point where, you know, like we had the Sam Ponders and Sage Steels at ESPN. Now it's Sam Ponder alone on an island. But hopefully, eventually there'll be more people speaking up um, to, to keep women's sports women's sports amen uh charlie i will see you on sunday i hope people will enjoy watching us 10 o'clock eastern on fox it's a, news it's gonna be a great show i hope so i hope so i think it's gonna go well 10 o'clock uh eastern on fox news charlie arnault thank you for joining us appreciate all the good work at outkick thank you bye everyone step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.